Welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I am your host, Cody McBroom, and with me is my co-host, Travis McQueen. Today, we got a Q&A. A lot of good questions today. Mm-hmm. We have incorporated some questions from the Instagram that Cody wasn't, um, I guess, probably chose, not that you couldn't, but chose not to answer because he wanted to keep it for the podcast to go a little bit more in de- into depth. Honestly, sometimes I don't know how, even some of my friends, <laughs> um, actually, I don't know if they do either, but like, I don't know how some people answer as many questions as they do. Yeah. Sometimes I see people's Q&As and I'm like, oh my God, there's like like the little, you know, like you can see the length of like a story up top. Yeah. It's so tiny. <laughs> yeah. You can't even see the loading bar. Yeah. It's like, dude, how do you answer that yeah. many fucking questions? I do, sometimes I, I wonder about this study or whatever. Like how many people, like if they see that many, they just go, not even that, but just next person. Yeah, I click. I know. but I'm like, are you going to, is it just all questions or is there something cool coming up? Yeah, that's what I'm Which saying. Which I should just swipe it. I don't want to give them a view. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But yeah, I don't know because it's, I can't do it. If like it's I too think, much, I'm like, I don't even take the time. Well, I mean, part of it too is like, I think some people answer questions so nonchalant and quickly yep. that when I'm doing it, I'm sometimes I record it four times before I post it because I'm trying to get as much information as I can in one slide because I actually like to teach. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll have to stop and type it all out because I want it to put it on the screen. And like, if you're answering that in depth, it just takes so much time. Yeah. And then I'm like, <clears throat> five of those bars are just one question. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I do multiple, but and then I'm like, I know people get more questions than me too, but it's like, don't you have an actual fucking business to run? Like, you know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. I feel bad because I'll put the Q&A up and later on, I'm like, fuck, I didn't answer a single question. Yeah. You know, and I have to try to get some tomorrow and then a bunch more stack up and I'm like, I actually just, I have a business to run. Like, I can't do it. And I know it's, it helps the business and yeah. it's helping people and like, I like doing it generally, but sometimes it's just like, do it on the bike. Yeah. I mean, that's literally most time I'm doing. <clears> but for sure. That's, all right, let's get right into it. We got a lot of good questions here. We will start it off with Joel Rowe, Joel Roy Coaching. Is it possible for a client not to drop weight if they are overly fatigued or burnt out? Is it possible? Wait, this is a double negative. Is it possible for a client not to drop weight if they are over? Yeah. I don't think it's a double negative. No, nope. you're good. Um, yes and no. So the reason I say yes and no is because is it possible? Yes. Any coach who's listening or any person who has been frustrated with their fat loss progress would know without a doubt that there has been times where you or your clients have stalled and the only reasonable explanation is that they are overly stressed, they are training too much, they are burnt out from all the work they're doing, whatever it may be, right? Um, I used to always talk about like the the stress shelves, right? We have two shelves. We have the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. So like sympathetic is stress, Cortisol, fight or flight, nervous system's ramped up. Parasympathetic is rest and digest, recovery, slow down, right? If we put something on the stress shelf, we got to put something on the de-stress, the relaxed recovery shelf. And you have to even those out to the best of your ability. At times, I think you can have a two-to-one ratio because, for example, like if you're training and you're also getting sleep, you train one hour, you sleep for fucking eight, like you don't need one-to-one. Yeah. You know what I mean? The sleep adds up for a multiple stresses that you go throughout the day. But the point is, is people stack the shelf with work, family, life, finances, training, diet, like all you these things. And then they have like, oh, I sleep seven hours. They don't do anything else for themselves. They don't meditate. They don't journal. They don't go on vacation. They don't turn their phone off. They don't do anything different. And so they get overwhelmed. 
Um, so it definitely does. Like I've seen plenty of people just get burnt out. And I think there's two reasons that it actually is going to stop people from losing weight or just not seeing progress. The first reason is because lack of recovery and therefore you can't continually progress in the gym. But this is primarily for muscle growth or strength because technically you could not progress or hit a PR for the next fucking six months. But if you're in calorie deficit, you'll still lose weight. You know what I mean? And you can maintain your muscle tissue while not hitting any new PRs at all. As long as you're maintaining something, you're fine. But if you're trying to build muscle, you're trying to increase strength or anything like that, you're obviously going to see diminishing terms. You're not going to continually grow or build muscle or get stronger or anything if your recovery is in the hole, like if you're in a recovery debt, so to speak. Um, The other side is I guess there's three ways. Three reasons this would happen. Second reason would be the same exact thing, but it's more of like a metabolic compensation. So meaning when we see metabolic adaptation happen, yes, our maintenance calorie intake drops. But the reason it drops is because our total daily energy expenditure lowers. Pieces of total daily energy expenditure are going to be the calories burned at rest, during sleep, walking throughout the day, standing, fidgeting, um, training, obviously, and how hard you go there and your cardio and all that kind of stuff. If you're burnt out, if you're under-recovering, if you're not sleeping, if you're too stressed, all of those things are going to have a similar effect that they would if you're in a big calorie deficit from that metabolic adaptation. So if you're too stressed, you're not recovering, I can almost guarantee you that your step count's going to lower too. You're probably not going to stand as often. You're not going to fidget as much. You're not going to sleep as well because your body is stressed the fuck out, right? So it's the same exact thing. Now, if we throw on top of that a diet that is causing those same exact compensatory symptoms from calories being too low... Now we have a double negative. <laughs> now we have two of those things. So I think in that regard, that would happen. And in the third case, uh, when cortisol is higher and stress is higher, so we can basically blame it on cortisol, but it's e- cortisol is either going to be elevated from overtraining, undersleeping, or undereating, right? So basically too much stress in general is going to increase cortisol. When we see that, um, in general, it's stress, but no matter what, we're going to see an increase in cravings. We're probably going to see an increased likelihood of overeating or binging. Um, and we do know that inhibition and adherence lowers. Inhibition being able is essentially your ability to say no, your yeah. willpower. So when you drink alcohol, for example, there are studies that show inhibition drops significantly, which means you could be super motivated for your goals and be like, I can go have a couple vodka sodas that are super low calorie. I'm not going to eat anything at the party. But then you go and then you have a vodka soda and then the beer looks way better. And then you end up taking like a, some fucking fireball shots or a Jaeger bomb and like all these like high calorie drinks add up and the street tacos, you need to soak up some of the alcohol. You know what I mean? Like inhibition goes out the window. So we know that that also happens when stress is really high. Mm. So if you're under recovering, if you're lacking sleep, if blah, 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 blah we know that your adherence is going to go down and then your likelihood to fall off the diet and or binge or overeat goes up. And that's actually what happens when stress is too high. More often than not, we did a podcast on this uh, and a blog. It was a research review on does cortisol stop you from losing fat? Because there's been this long talked about thing where if you're too stressed, your body can't burn fat. Like you, it, they literally will say cortisol stops you from burning fat. Like that people would truly believe that high stress levels basically put you in a fucking mode where your body can't burn fat, which isn't true because cortisol is a mobilization hormone, which means it literally mobilizes tissues and energy, which means it is burning fat. Totally. Literally. It's also why like it can burn up muscle tissue and protein and amino acids in the tissue and the cells and the bloodstream. So 
it's a it's a catabolic hormone, which is also why we want to manage cortisol post workout, and that's why there's some studies that show if you reduce cortisol in certain times a day, it can actually help muscle growth. Um, now, at the same time, there's also correlations between studies with more hypertrophy showing higher levels of cortisol and, and more t- testosterone as well having higher levels of cortisol. Even though cortisol breaks those things down, the process in order to build muscle and increase testosterone through training and building muscle requires cortisol in order to overload, yeah. right? So um, it's like this kind of crazy scenario where it's like, hey, we want to increase cortisol because that allows us to ramp up our nervous system, go harder in the gym to build muscle, spike testosterone, muscle protein synthesis, all these things. But if we don't bring that cortisol back down, it has a catabolic effect and will break down the tissue that we're starting to try to build. So you got to manage it, not eliminate it. Um, But the point with that is, is like we can look at studies of athletes and people like that that have constantly fluctuating cortisol levels that are lean as fuck, right? Cortisol wakes us up in the morning. It's a hormone that literally spikes in the morning that literally shuts off melatonin and kicks us up in bed and that's why we wake up so if you have dysfunctional cortisol levels and you don't have the right cortisol curve what happens is you're groggy as fuck in the morning because it doesn't kick on and then it doesn't lower later in the day so you're tired and wired you feel tired all day but then at night you go to lay down and you're wired and you can't fall asleep yeah it doesn't make sense well it's because your cortisol curve is all fucked up so long-winded answer of saying um Yes, but not because of the reasons people think uh, is basically what it is. Can it stop people from seeing results? 100%. But it's not because cortisol is this like scary hormone that stops you from burning fat. It's because when cortisol is high, it means that stress is high, which means that most likely you're going to, you're, you're more likely to have bad adherence, overeat, bad inhibition, be lazy with your tracking, so on and so forth. And you're not going to progress in the gym consistently because you're not recovering optimally enough and simple. Totally. So, um, yeah. I think that breaks it down pretty good. Good. All right. We will move on to the next one. It comes from Colleen McDonald. It says, what, it, what would you say are the best and worst parts about being a coach? Oh, that's a good one. Um, so we'll start with best, or do you want to incorporate both of them? Uh, we'll go with best. Best is like, it's so hard because like obviously helping people, but I mean, I look at this in so many different ways. Like, if I'm just, like, being selfish with my answer, just thinking about myself and my life, I mean, I do what I love for a living. Yeah. Like, how, I mean, you know, that's the best part about it is I literally get to do what I love for a living. Um, And it just so happens that what I love to do creates a lot of success with other people. You know, it's, it's literally pushing people to create their best bodies, their best health, their best life, their best success. And that, in turn, is way more fulfilling than anything else I could do. So I think it's um, the best part about being a coach is is the level of fulfillment that comes with it. Because I'm fulfilled every day that I get to do what I love for a living. But I'm also fulfilled every day because I get to hear and witness and see people changing directly because of me or directly because of my content or directly because somebody on my team, which is a trickle effect of me. Totally. Um, and I think that's ultimately, I mean, at the end of the day too, like I think that anybody who's a coach for the right reasons is doing it because they love fitness and nutrition and, or they want to help people. Like it's, it's always the best intentions. You know, uh, I think the people that go into it for the wrong reasons, which was never a thing until people learned how to monetize and capitalize on online coaching and stuff like that. Um, like you didn't get into this for money. 
period. You know what I mean? So like anybody who's truly doing coaching for the right reasons, been doing it for a long time, I feel like does it for the right intentions and it's just extremely fulfilling job, career, lifestyle. You know what I mean? It's just, I'm going to live longer because of it. I'm a role model to my daughter because of it. I get to help people change their lives and then therefore they get to become role models, hopefully live longer, be happier, more confident, probably get a raise at their job because they're walking in with more energy. Um, I don't know. I just think it's like, it's not like a job that you can fake. Like yeah. You could be a software engineer and fucking not like software engineering. 100%. You know what I mean? And yeah. make money. And just be good at it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You can't be good at this if you don't love it. Or it's like, man, I'm really good at coaching people. I don't like helping people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. I hate talking to people, but I'm so good at it. Yeah. It's like, no, I don't think it happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, I mean, that's definitely the best part about it. Um, it's also like a gift and a curse. And I think, so like, I think that's the worst part about it. Curse. The worst part about coaching is that when you do what you love for a living, it's hard to turn it off, right? And so when you can't turn it off, it's hard to distinguish when you're on and when you're off. And if you're never off, you get burnt out. And if you get burnt out on the thing you love, you begin to resent the thing that you love, right? Subconsciously, because there's times where you then look at it like a negative, totally. right? And you don't want to do that, obviously. It's like a, the, the easiest way I can explain that is like the, the kid who loves basketball, but his, his mom makes him go to fucking basketball parks every single day and just yelling from the stands, embarrassing him in front of friends. Eventually he's like, I don't want to play this because you're making it a bad experience yep. for me. You know, and we all grew up knowing that one parent that yep. you're like, dude, that's sorry, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I think there's that side of it. You know, that's obviously one of the worst parts. Um, and I think when I, I, at a certain point in my life, I just didn't care. I had like a Gary Vee mentality. I was like, why would I turn it off? I would just literally work 24-7. Unless there's a planned event that I need to attend that, like, I can't work at, I don't see anything better to do. I didn't want to watch TV shows and do other things. I just wanted to create content, read and study more, email my clients. Like, that's all I wanted to do. And I didn't see anything wrong with that. There was no balance, but I was fine with it because well, my the, choice of life. Yeah. I think at that time there wasn't much to balance with. Yeah. And and at the day, who's like, who cares? Who gives a shit? As long as I'm happy. Yeah. Why does it bother you? Yep. Um. But then I got a family yeah. and then I had a reason to turn it off. And then when you can't turn it off, that's what I meant. Yeah. You get frustrated with yourself, you know? Um, and so I think like that's, it's definitely, that's the hard part about it. Um, and there's also the parts of it like where, you know, it's also doesn't turn off to an extent whether I like it or not because I run the business. I don't have somebody tell me my hours. I don't have somebody tell me what needs to be done. I have to figure out what needs to be done and create the schedule and create the product, create the, the system, create everything. So it's like, when does it really stop or shut off? Not really ever if I want to be successful. So I have to consciously accept that it can be on pause while I enjoy other areas of my life, which is very difficult to do as an entrepreneur. Um, it takes, I mean, it takes a lot. Like, uh, for example, like even on the, last night we were sitting on the couch and I hate saying this, but it's rare that Blakely chooses me to cuddle with versus Shannon. Um, but that will instantly turn off everything because she snuggles up on me and she like literally will grab my hands. She wants me to wrap around her. Not only can I not touch my phone or think about anything else, but like you're just like sunk into yeah. your daughter, you know? But when I'm on the other side of the couch, this big ass couch and they're cuddling and watch TV and I'm kind of just sitting there. I'm like, I really don't give a shit about these Australian mermaids that we're watching on Netflix. <laughs> that's what it is. It's like this show about these mermaid girls. And I'm like, well, Instagram's more... Exciting than this, totally. you know, or YouTube or Pinterest, even like anything. I just scroll. Yeah. Um, which at the same time, it doesn't, it's not like it's ignoring my daughter because 
she's paying attention to something else too. But point being is like, I think that uh, you got to find those things to turn it off with and it can be very, very difficult. Um, and, and the last thing I'll say is the one of the worst parts in general is the emotional buy-in that you get if you actually give a shit about coaching. You get very emotionally bought into your clients. And so if I know a client is struggling with something, like it's hard for me not to check my email to see if they've responded because I'm just thinking about them, yeah. you know? Or if I haven't responded yet and... I know I need to. Like, it's hard for even if, like, I'm off. My clients know my days of check-ins, my hours, if they were late or whatever it is. Like, I can't not respond, and I can't stop thinking about it until I do. So there's some days where I can't turn it off because I know as soon as my daughter goes to bed, I'm like, I have to go handle some things because, like, I need to get that off my plate. Yeah. And I think that can be a burden. Like, I don't really ever, like, wallow away about it because I like helping people. Yeah. But I think that's obviously that's part of, you know, the stress of it. Yeah. All the worst parts are obviously pretty good. You know, I think it's a blessing to be able to say, like, it's hard for me to turn it off because I love it. Yeah. Versus I, being saying, a, like, potentially resentment is, is probably the worst, like. Yeah. So. It has to go really far to get to that point. True. You know, I haven't felt that. But it's better than being, you know, in a position where you're like, fuck, is it this, is it five yet? Like, I just need to get, you know what I mean? Like, I cannot wait to turn it off. Yeah. You know? So it's like. Do you love it that much if you if you are doing that? Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. And usually you don't. You work for a big corporation and it's yeah. like, gotta get out of this shit. Yeah. You know, so um yeah. Cool. And you know you know what? Like speaking on this, uh this is a good time for a shameless plug. Uh, we still have some spots open at the anti mastermind mastermind. Um, and this is kind of related because I'm kind of talking about business and shit. So, um, if you if are, you, if you really love it, yeah, if you really love it and you're a coach and you want to show your clients, you really love it and sh- uh, really build your business the right way with the right systems. Um, you should attend the event myself and Brad Jensen, who both run very successful seven figure online coaching companies. It'll be here at the tailored coaching method headquarters. So you get to hang out with us live in the flesh for a couple days, uh, probably train with us, but mainly sit learn, talk with us. There's going to be some, some cool bonuses thrown in. Um, there's a couple VIP spots if you want to do dinner with us on the second night. Um, and that is the anti-mastermind mastermind. And there is a link in the description of this podcast. So quick, quick plug for that. If you have any questions about it or figuring out if it is right for you, uh, you can shoot me an email, Cody at tailoredcoachingmethod.com because this is obviously a, I would say a niched event. There's only 20 people total that are going to be there. Um, so it is for a very specific person. Um, but in general, it's for online coaches in the earlier stages of their business looking to scale to a higher higher portion. And they don't want to be sold snake oil. Totally. Is it snake oil? Is that what people sell when they're selling bullshit? Snake oil? Is it like a snake oil salesman or something? I've never heard, you never of, heard that. of that. No. It's like... Uh, Fish yeah. oil? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, snake oil salesman is like, I think it, honestly, I think it, this is kind of where it's like, uh, beat a dead horse. It's like, why the fuck would you do that? Yeah. Um, it's like one of those things. But I believe it stems from way back, cologne salesman was a thing. You were, you like, you sold vacuum door to door, you know, like that whole thing. Yep. People sold cologne and perfume and they would fill it with snake oil. Like scam? Yeah. Wow. Because I'm assuming snake oil was dirt cheap and they could sell it and say it was cologne and it wasn't. Or I, I, have, I have no fucking idea. Wow. I think that's where it stems from. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong, listener. Um, but I believe that is the term and I'm pretty sure it means bullshit. And the reason I said that is because we're not going to bring you here, teach you a few things and then say, now sign up for our $10,000 mastermind course. Yep. So we're not going to sell you anything. Snake oil is a term used to d- describe deceptive marketing. There will be none of that. Yeah. Cool. All right, let's move on. We got another question here. It is from Heart Attack 58. How do you balance your nutrition and relationships at home? 
I am extremely open, honest, and transparent. And I think I could literally, I could leave it at that. Obviously, I won't. But I think that's, I think in general, not even just with nutrition, I think with people's goals, expectations, standards, um, all of those things, I think that's the biggest issue with relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think it was definitely, I, I've struggled with that. Just openness? Yeah. I, I've struggled, like open communication. Yeah. Like, um, especially with people who are people pleasers. I'm definitely a people pleaser. And it's, I would rather bite my tongue or hold my own opinion and uh, emotions to avoid hurting somebody's feelings when in reality we just need to have open conversation. Yeah. But I think like it especially happens with training and nutrition. Um, that's area I haven't struggled with because when I met Shannon, for example, she literally found me knowing I was a trainer. So it's yeah. like, you, you, you're already expecting this going into it. But like, I think, I've done this with like going into a cutting phase, but like a lot of people will start a diet and I'll ask them like, have you told your spouse yet? And they're like, well, no. And I'm like, you should do that. Then Be- come back. Yeah. <laughs> like, because you're changing what you're doing. You know, at least when you go into a deficit or a serious period of time, you can track your nutrition, focus on fat loss, health, all those things. And your spouse should support that. But if you don't have that open dialogue and tell them what you're doing, like it's just, I think there's, so, for example, if if it's a if it's a Saturday and your spouse makes chips and guac and pulls out a couple Coronas and stuff, and they're gonna expect you to have some, yeah. And if you don't, now they're gonna be all sour. But if last week you told them you started a diet, you're focusing on this, and you you made some compromises, maybe they would have pulled out fucking tzatziki. I don't know because it's low calorie made with Greek yogurt, and you can dip broccoli and hummus in it, or broccoli and carrots and shit in it, and it tastes really good. But it's way low calorie, you know, yeah. and maybe a Michelob Ultra for you. <laughs> yeah. Low carb. I hate low calorie beer. Um, maybe a vodka soda <laughs> in the middle of the day. No, but the point is, is like, then they're aware of it. Or they say, well, f-, like, and me and Chen have this conversation. She's like, well, shit, what about like our Saturdays? I'm like, cool. I'll compromise by eating like a normal human being with you on Saturdays. If you compromise by helping me support me with my diet during the week. Okay, sweet. What are you going to eat for dinner? Like, can we adjust so that fits my macros? And she's like, yes. I'm like, cool. Fill me up with alcohol on Saturdays. You know what I mean? Like, but that's a compromise. It's, yeah. it's that simple. And it would have never happened if we didn't, if I didn't approach it that way. And if I would have just not said anything and then avoided it or just pushed the stuff away, it would have just been a bad situation. So I think like, I've just always been open and honest with it. Um, and just told her like, and even like, like this is the big key with it explaining what you're doing, why you're doing it, how you're going to go about it, all that kind of stuff for the intention of them accepting it, but not understanding it or feeling like they're having expectations placed on them around it. Meaning, hey, Shannon, I'm going to be tracking my macros and following a diet. I could give two fucks if you diet or track your macros or eat healthy and you can eat Ben and Jerry's in front of me every fucking night. I don't care. It doesn't affect me and I will never judge you for it. Do your thing. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't say it in those words, but I want her to feel that way mm-hmm. because the worst thing, especially like I'm, I'm obviously speaking as a dude, but I would say this probably goes both ways. But the worst thing that I can do is go through a diet and make her feel like she needs to diet too. Yep. Right. Or something's wrong with her or she should track her macros or anything like that. Um, and I think that's really, really important. So, so letting them know that like, Hey, I'm doing this for me. I don't need you to understand it. I don't need you to even agree with it. You might think I am, fine just the way I am and I appreciate you for that but I'm doing this for me and I just want your support with it this is what it's going to look like 
I will compromise where needed to make sure it doesn't affect you and your lifestyle with me, but I, do, I would appreciate your support. No spouse on the planet will if. act negatively to that if they're a good spouse. Yeah. Otherwise, kick rocks. Because, yeah, I know scenarios of where they're like, okay, I will support you, but then when it comes down to it, mm-hmm. they're like, fuck, no, I want you to eat these chips and guac. Yeah. You know, you're like, well, you said, you know. So I've, I've been in that situation or I've worked with people through that situation. And, I, and, and this irritates some people, but my response is pretty simple. It's like, why does me eating that chip and guac affect the taste of that chip and guac for you? I think it's the act. Point is, is it doesn't. Okay. It yeah. literally doesn't affect it. Yeah. So if I can sit here and not judge you, not stop you, not tell you not to, not make you feel bad for doing it in front of me, literally does nothing for you. What you eat doesn't make me shit. Yeah. Plain and simple. And there's really no reason, honestly, th- outside of somebody wanting you to do it with them so that they don't feel bad of themselves. <laughs> I mean, realistically, like, because even like, do you really get more enjoyment out of somebody else eating the same guac as you? I understand what you're saying. No. You know? Like Shannon's not huge on uh, like, and this isn't even an unhealthy food, but I like, dude, if there's hummus and vegetables in front of me and pita bread or anything, I'll eat a whole, Blakely's the same way. Dude, we'll just go to town. Yeah. But like Shannon will put that out for me. And I don't go, come on, eat just eat me. one. <laughs> just have one carrot with hummus, please. It just makes it so much better for me. Yeah. You know, it, it sounds so funny when you yeah. say it. Yeah. But when, if and, and this is actually good advice. If you can approach it from like a humor type of way, I think that it'll be more lighthearted for them. And they can actually be like, actually, you know what? I, I could give a fuck if you eat any of this. Yeah. Or for me. Yeah. And it's like, cool, sweet. See I'm going to save my calories for the beer. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just eat the beer or drink the beer. So, um, I hear you. But I, but again, that's that's like real just conversation. Instead of like me getting pissed and being like, well, what you eat doesn't make me shit. And then they get mad and then now it's like this fight. It's make a joke out of it, make it lighthearted, realize that we really don't need to be doing that or totally. eating the same thing. So it all stems back to communication. Um, and when I do that and I don't make anybody feel judged, and the way I've actually done that too, I've, I've told you this about like, uh, like Shannon loves decor and stuff. And I just could care less. Like sometimes I don't even know what to say to her because she's like, "Okay, so they have these three shades of gray, and it'll go on a trim, and we'll do this. Like, what do you think would look best?" And I'm like, "Are they different? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> they look, I don't fucking know." Or she'll be like, "What about this design over that door?" And I'm like, "I can't even. I literally can't visualize it. Yeah, I can't even picture it. I yeah. So, but like in general, anything in general that I'm not interested in, can you I give can, me three options? Yeah, <laughs> I can appreciate." You liking something or being into something or wanting something without wanting it myself. And I can choose because for a while, this is the only analogy I can think of me and Shannon really, but like because I didn't like it, I thought it was a waste of money. And it'd be like, Cody, a can of paint is $5. I'm like, I know, but why would we spend that $5? Like the wall is fine. I don't see any marks on it. Like it's good. Like we don't need to paint it. But like immediately I would, I would literally like make this, make it a thing because to me, it was a waste of money until I realized like how happy she gets when she can just paint a wall yeah. and it changes the feel to her. And now she feels more homely and it gives this vibe and it's, it's like a whole thing. So I look at that with dieting too. Here's five bucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go buy 10 cans of paint. I don't give a shit. But like, it's the same thing with dieting. It's like, Hey, it's actually pretty weird that I sit here and weigh out my chicken breasts. And I'm going to ask you to cut a little bit off of it. So it's actually the amount of protein I need. Cause I gotta have enough protein. You know what I mean? Like, most people are like, why? Like that's that's way weirder than painting a wall. Yeah. You know, you spend time and money. How much you buy that scale for? Way more than paint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, once I was like, actually, you know what? Like, 
I can understand why you like these things and I can appreciate and accept it as long as you can accept what I'm into and what I'm doing right now and you don't have to understand or appreciate it really. Like you just appreciate the fact that I do. It's a win. Totally. Um, kind of a weird rant, but I think, I think in general, like all that stuff just stems down to communication. Every problem in a relationship that I've ran into, it can just be solved by proper communication. Yeah. You know, like even, I mean, everything, like literally everything just boils down to communicating properly. Same thing with clients, like wa- walking clients through situations through proper communication and understanding. Understanding, I was going to yeah. say. Making them feel understood and heard, just like you need to be understood and heard. Sometimes you need to walk people or like hand, hold their hand and show them how to like help you feel understood and heard. You know what I mean? In these kind of situations. But um, yeah, that's how I handle it. Totally. You know, I mean, obviously I have flexible diet and try to fit in when I can, but. Cool. All right. We will go to the next question. It comes from coach underscore coos says, what do you believe your quote unquote aha moment that took your career to a next level? The coos. Man, I feel like we've had this question before. It's from yesterday on my Instagram. Oh, um, the aha moment. The aha moment was there's, I mean, fuck. I don't think you stop oh, having aha that's, moments. That's why I think mm. you answered on your Instagram. Really briefly, yeah. Oh. Um, there's, there's, I don't think you ever get one aha moment. Like, the more I thought about this question, it was like, first I was like, okay, this was my aha moment. Then I was like, well, actually, there was this one too. But then I thought about, like, after I answered on Instagram, I was like, actually, there's a couple more too. And I, I'm kind of going through an aha moment right now. You know what I mean? Like, you're, we're... In your reverse? What? In your reverse diet? No, with business, my oh. career oh. is what he's talking about. Oh, yep. Um, and so, like, I because I, right now, like, we, you know, in 2022, we kind of hit uh, a, uh, what is it called, growth, growing pain, where it's like, you, you kind of get to a point where it's like, okay, Plateau? this is like a really, what's that? Plateau? I mean, you can get to like a bottleneck, so to speak, totally. but it's more of like, um, there's something that can potentially hold us back if I don't shift, adjust, build out system stuff because we're growing at a rate that is, you know, it's awesome. But you get to a point where it's like, okay, small businesses use small systems. Big businesses use big, big, big systems. And at a certain point when you're crossing from small to big, you go, okay, I got to figure this shit out. Yep. So we're kind of in that. I'm kind of having some like weekly aha moments right now of like light bulbs going off of like things that we can implement and do. And it's keeping us pretty fucking busy yeah. on the back end. But um, I don't think you ever stop having aha moments. And I think if you think there's one aha moment, I think you're in a uh, you're you're on your way for a short career, right, or a small career or level of success. Because you're saying if you only have one, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you don't ever. It's like the whole goal thing. Like yep. I don't set in stone long term huge goals. I have like visions, but that's a big term. You know, that's a broad spectrum and. We have, I have short-term, quarterly, half-yearly goals because it's like, okay, we're just going to check these boxes off as we hit them. But if I just had one thing I was focusing on so much, I would get there and it would be done and it's over. Yep. You know what I mean? And then you're like, oh, well, <coughs> there's that. It's like you have to have something that's just evolving. And I think that because of that, there's there's so many aha moments. The first aha moment for me was uh, my, I mean, I guess technically when I changing my degree. I mean, if we go way back, I was going to say, you, gotta, you know, well, I remember being in that class and having that aha moment of like, I think I want to do this for a living. And then there was the, the big aha moment of, um, uh, so there's a huge fucking spider over there. I think <laughs> looking at, um, or just another fucking fly in this heat. Um, uh, the second aha moment for me was my physique competition because 
at that point, I, I was in, I mean, I was healthy with my nutrition and I was lean enough and I was strong, but I didn't under, I, I never worked with a nutritionist. I never worked with a nutrition coach. I never did anything crazy. It's the first time I followed like a meal plan and a macro plan or anything like that. And I went to get on stage and I got completely shredded, but it was an aha moment because it went from, I'm eating healthy and training my ass off to I'm following a specific nutrition plan and holy shit, did it transform my body? Yeah. So it showed me like, this is a very powerful tool, you know? Um, once I did that, that opened a whole new chapter for me of studying nutrition, getting certified, getting, adding credential after credential after credential, going the nutrition coaching route, specializing in that at the gym and building what we have today. Yep. Um, and then there was the aha moment of, uh, having my daughter. And when I found out I was going to have a daughter, I quit, decided this is the time to go in the online direction. And it was less of an aha moment and more of a fire under my ass, but it was like that moment of like, fuck, this is the time. And I flipped the switch and things started growing. And then there was the aha moment of when I figured out the name for Taylor Coaching Method. I was speaking at that event in Arizona. And that was a big aha moment because we were trying so hard to figure out what are we going to call the brand? What are we going to shift to? And in that one moment, it just clicked. And it's like, boom, now I can see the vision clearly, right? This is where we're going. So when we got this place, same thing. As soon as I got the keys for this fucking warehouse, it was like, okay. I had an aha moment when I visited First Form. So I was like, whoa, I thought I could visualize what big was. This place is massive. What they're doing in the supplement industry is insane, right? Um, so it's, it, I think I've just continued to have these. Yeah. And I think if you're, if you, if you're open to new opportunities, you're open to taking risks, you're open to taking action, building out things like creating and producing, um, the more opportunities and things you can put in front of you, the more likely you are to have these aha moments. And those aha moments have a trickle effect and they'll start bleeding into a lot of cool shit. As long as you act on them. Yeah, exactly. So, um, they never stop. Never stop happening. Um, shout out to First Form, firstform.com slash tailored coaching method. Um, they actually just came out with a couple new products. This would be actually a good time to, to mention them. The first one was their, uh, you know, they have their multivitamin packets. Yep. I'll be honest, I'm still a fan of the packets. I still use those. That's what I like, especially if I'm trying to take them. But now they have drinks. You seen those? No nope. micro factor drinks. So it's the same exact multivitamin formula, mm. but it's in a fucking drink, like a juice. Dope. Yeah, and it's not like a high calorie. It's like a. It's almost like a crystallite packet. Okay. Pour it in a shaker bottle and drink it. Low calorie. I think it's zero calorie actually. Um, really good. And then there was another one that just dropped. Um, Shannon's stoked for these ones because she already was eating these from a different brand. But now that they have first form, we're gonna go with them. But they have like the protein cups. Have you seen those before? It's yeah. almost like a. It's a cupcake. Yeah, and you just put it in the microwave. Fucking protein ball of joy right yeah. there for you. I think they have like chocolate chip cookie dough, blueberry muffin, and then something else. Um, actually, and they just got vegan protein bars. Wow. Yeah, I think we uh, got Emily some. Um, but uh, blueberry so that, muffin, buttermilk maple, and there chocolate you go. chip. There Let's you go. go. Yeah. So, um, do they have you tried their nut butter? Yeah, dude, fire, super good. Um, so a few new products for you. Uh, firstform.com slash tailored coaching method. Um, I'm actually gonna come home to a big ass box of goodies from them today. I just did my my re up. Um, every single month for me, fish oil, joint health, adrenal health, whey protein, uh, intra workout. Um, I don't typically do pre workouts because I drink too much Rockstar throughout the day. I gotta be honest, but their pre workout is perfectly formulated. I will say. Um, what else do I get? I just said fish oil, multivitamin, greens and reds are mandatory, and then creatine monohydrate. 
I hit all the basics, all the simple ones. That's what I love about them too. They're just they have literally fucking everything. I was gonna say I don't see the drink, dude. CJ ordered my brother-in-law. Uh, really? Uh-uh. If you go to multivitamin microfactor, multivitamin. There's a drop-down menu. Yeah. Shop. Multivitamins. Yeah, go go to the microfactor. Like, just click the actual multivitamin. Yep. And then there should be a drop-down menu. Do you want the drink or do you want the pills? Gotcha. You don't see it there? Nope. No, Men, men's multivitamin? Yep. Nope. I'll show you afterwards. All right. Usually there's a banner on the homepage. I was on there yesterday and there was a banner on the homepage for those and the other new products. Um, but, dude, CJ ordered a, a box full of supplements. Uh, my brother-in-law... And U- USPS sent it to the wrong address. That's what he told He blamed it on USPS. <laughs> I'm guessing he, he typed in the wrong numbers. But yeah. <laughs> um, uh, not First Form's fault at all. He emailed them. He, they got back to him the same day, sent him a whole new fucking box. Oh, wow. Even though it wasn't their fault. So it was cool because he came in. He was like, I'm pretty fucking impressed, dude. I was actually talking to a human. Yeah. And the- they sent me it, even though it wasn't their fault. And I asked them what they want me to do with it when they're there. And he was like, they were like, don't worry about it, man. Figure it out. Yep. I was like, yeah, you get two boxes, I guess, if you if you, USPS fixes it. But most likely, whoever got your supplements is keeping them, bro. <laughs> but um, super dope. And they literally have people in their cubicles just fucking talking to customers. It's wild. It's good customer service. Yeah. that's a, I mean, that's a lot of customers to manage on that yeah. level. It's pretty crazy. It's super impressive. Well, if you have a miniature call center. Yeah. Like, yeah. 100%. I bet a lot of, I mean, I would assume a lot are by email too yeah probably but yeah either or just yeah. some people I mean, call. you have the option to call yeah 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 cool so. all right let's uh move on to the next question we have here um did you man the the heat on this mustache is kind of nuts dude it's hot you don't hear that very often <laughs> um okay we got one coming from abby brookshire it says i do a push pull leg split with one day pull day Focused on strength and other hypertrophy, but I'm having trouble programming two pull days without excessive overload and stress. What would you suggest doing? You have a tough time saying hypertrophy. I think of Why Big Daddy every time because he's hi- hip hop, hi- hip hop, yeah, hip hop, hip hop, anonymous hypertrophy. Um, all right, uh, you know the kid from Big Daddy's twin? There's two of them. <laughs> oh exactly the same. What the fuck? Bro. He's not even famous. Like, how do you know? I just know stupid shit. Oh, my God. (laughs) Last night, we were watching. I promise I'll answer your question in a sec, Abby. Um, We were watching. uh, Have you ever uh, heard of the show Bosch on Amazon? I have heard of it. It's dope. Okay. So, they have a a prequel or what's after the prequel is before. Sequel? Sequel. There you go. And it's called Bosch Legacy because his daughter ends up becoming a cop and then he's like a like a private investigator and stuff. And so there's this lawyer in this first episode we're watching, right? And the lawyer's probably like, I don't know, 60s. Something. And we're watching it, and he's clean shaven everything. I'm looking at him. I'm like, I think that's Kramer's lawyer <laughs> in that one episode. And if anybody watches Seinfeld, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The dude with the thick-ass mustache, and he, he like... I mean, the way he talks is so memorable, but he figures out a case for everything. Like, it's just, he's fucking hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. But anyway, he's got a huge mustache. He always wears aviator glasses. Like, how I was able, like, he has an afro and, not an afro, but, like, a small afro, not a huge one. In Seinfeld. or afro? He doesn't have a perm. Okay. But it's just like, you know, there's like, uh, remember that movie, uh, I think it was called, no, Afro Man was the artist. Remember that song? Yeah. Um, He, 
he had a huge afro, like ludicrous, yes, huge yes, afro. Yes. It wasn't like that. But point being, in this new movie, short hair, clean shaven, older, no glasses. <laughs> and I was like, that's got to be him. Chin's like, first of all, why would he play another lawyer? Second of all, that guy wasn't a famous actor. Like, what? no, it's like a side character. Sure enough, Googled it. It's him. <laughs> <laughs> she literally was like, why do you know that? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> She's like, I was like, I'm smart. She goes, uh, <laughs> she goes, no, smart's like knowing a hundred times a hundred. And I was like, you know, you just add zeros, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I started dying. She was like, okay, fuck you. I mean like a hundred times 42.7. Like started yeah, doing something yeah. stupid. Oh, it's cracking up. Okay, so uh, push-pull legs. First of all, go watch the push-pull legs video. So we did just do a push-pull legs video about push, but you can apply the same exact stuff we talked about with the push day as you can with the pull day. Second thing, there's really just a balancing act that needs to be had. So I can't really answer this direct question because you can't, help but create too much overload and stress well i'm gonna be like how's your sleep how's your nutrition how's your lifestyle how's your cardio are you in deficit you know what i mean there's so many other factors that could could be causing this so i'm just gonna break down how i would personally set up a push pull leg split period and you can again you can go watch the video because i talk about this there but if you're focused on strength and hypertrophy which i think is dope you did a strength and a hypertrophy day I've done that before, more of like a power building approach to a push pull legs however i have a offset ratio of uh hypertrophy uh, compared to strength, meaning more hypertrophy than strength. And I do it by making sure both hypertrophy or both pull days are hypertrophy. Some people go wrong by putting deadlifts on their pull day. Now we're just doing way too much systemically fatiguing exercises in the, uh, in, in really axial loading. Because if you're doing that, then you're probably doing two squat days. You're probably doing one deadlift day, one bench day, maybe an overhead press day. It's just so much loading on the spine um, and so much overload through barbell movements. So the way I would do it is go day one is push, Make it a strength-dominant day. So you're going to tap into the low reps, go really heavy, maybe in the three to six rep range for your compound. And then, you know, the rest of your session should be eight to 15 rep range of accessory and isolation work. Then the next day is pull, and you're going to stay with eight plus reps, right? I don't think there's any necessary reason to put a deadlift on the day or a rack pull or anything. And if you are going to do an overload-based movement, maybe it's a chin-up, a which would decompress the spine instead of loading it uh then you could also do a instead or you could do a wide grip pull down you could do a chest support t-bar row you could do machine but no matter what i'm not going to overload something like a barbell bent row as great of an exercise as a barbell bent row is if i did that now i have heavy bench heavy bent row heavy squat because it goes push pull leg so wednesday's a squat day then you're back to heavy overhead pressing then you go to another pull day so you said you had one day strength, one day hypertrophy. So I'm assuming you have maybe that stays hypertrophy. But then you go into your second leg day and you're either squatting again or you're deadlifting, right? Either way, legs or legs are going to be taxing. So now every day of the week is fucking taxing. So the way I like doing it is going day one push, heavy bench press. Day two pull, we're going like eight to 12 rep range with something that doesn't load the spine and isn't too taxing, but you can overload. Something like a chest supported row or a machine based exercise. Then you go to a leg day, do a heavy squats. That's another really like systemically fatiguing, like high CNS output, tons of overload day. Then you go to your second push day. I'm probably going to do an overhead press, but I would probably do it as a seated overhead press. So you don't have the load on your spine, your trunk stability doing any work. And I'd probably go in like the eight to 12 rep range. So you're not going into low, low reps. Then you have your next pull day, do the same thing you did on the first pull day, mainly hypertrophy based. And then your second, 
second leg day, you can start with a heavy deadlift if you wanted to. But basically what you're doing is you're choosing three days out of that push-pull leg split, two days at least, three days at max, that you're going to start with a heavy strength-based compound. Most, The safest way to go would be bench, squat, overhead press for those, but most people would do bench, squat, deadlift, and then the rest of the days would be just hypertrophy-based. But the reality is, is like power building is fun. I like it, but it's best used as a way to just focus a little bit on strength, but mainly focus on hypertrophy because you can't get best at both of them. Strength training can support muscle growth and hypertrophy goals, and it will be useful doing a power building split because you can start the sessions with a heavy compound lift and use that as your way to still train strength, your nervous system, overload, so on and so forth. But still, the vast majority of your training is going to be hypertrophy-based. If your main goal is strength, then you should be doing like an upper-lower split. Train four days a week, lift for strength every one of those fucking days, and then do some hypertrophy work for your arms and shoulders and glutes and stuff like that at the end of the session because those are very low stress in your joints and your nervous system and you can create a lot of muscle growth and you can just throw them at the tail end right they don't require a lot of brain function or power or skill um but a push-pull leg split it's a high volume training program like if you're stepping into that your main goal shouldn't be lifting super heavy and gaining a lot of strength it should primarily be building muscle so two-thirds to three-fourths of your training volume should be geared towards hypertrophy which means pick two to three lifts that you really want to gain strength on Focus those on being your main lifts that you build strength on, and then the rest should be bodybuilding style training, and you will not run into the issue of too much overload or stress. Period. Boom. So, and there is a program in the app called High Volume Hypertrophy. It's one of our most popular programs. And, um, and you talk about in the video. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's it's a really, really good program that does this exact thing for anybody who wants to build muscle. There's also performance bodybuilding and power building, right? So power building is a four-day split. Performance bodybuilding is a five-day split. Um, and then there's strength and conditioning programs. So if you want just strength, you can. If you want to like tiptoe on the edge, there's four and five day plans that do it way better. And if you just want straight hypertrophy and body composition change, there is a six day plan called push or uh, high volume hypertrophy. And it is a push pull legs and it is designed perfectly for this. Totally. So um, that's at taylortrainerapp.com. Highly suggest that one. Um, and yeah, I mean, to close this out, I should probably just mention everything else. Taylorcoachingmethod.com has everything you need guides, blog, videos, podcast, uh, online coaching application, and a link to the, the Taylor Trainer app, obviously, because that is all hosted there. Uh, so if you want any of our free content and or you want to work with us directly, head over to tailoredcoachingmethod.com and check out all we have to offer. Um, as always, guys, we appreciate you for listening. We'll catch you next time. I got one more thing to say. Oh, shit. It's youtube.com slash Cody McBroom1, and the oh. video is called The Best Push Workout to Build Muscle. It's great. Go check it out. Thank you.